catching you up on the latest stories from around the Sunshine State that you should know, heading into this Friday morning, February 17th. I'm Elliot Trudeau, and this is The Point from WUFT News. On Tuesday, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service proposed to remove wood storks from the federal list of endangered and threatened wildlife. As they are the only species of stork breeding in the United States, the wood stork first faced extinction when listed in 1984. I spoke with WUFT's Jack Lemness about how the wood stork breeding population has doubled in coastal plains of states like Florida and Georgia. So it's it's pretty well known that, that birds come from dinosaurs, but... The wood stork is absolutely something from prehistoric times. I mean, it's it has this scaly black grayish head and little beady eyes and a huge bill. I mean, it's a really, really iconic creature. And um, conservationists and, and ecologists, they just they, they love this bird. And um, you can you can see it anywhere from South Florida um, all the way up to as far as North Carolina now. They've been expanding their, their breeding range, and that is actually one of the contributing factors to why they are being um, considered to be taken off of the endangered species list. So how did this animal become endangered? Sure. So in, in 1984, it was put on the endangered species list because the wood stork was um, really, really low in numbers, and it, and it, wasn't, um, it wasn't reproducing fast enough over decades of, of surveying. Fish and Wildlife Service has been tracking this bird and as their efforts to, to um, enhance conservation and sustainability have increased, so have the bird numbers. So the, uh, the bird's population has actually doubled and it's the number of nests have tripled. And like I said, you can find the bird um, as far north as, as North Carolina, where in 1984, it was really only in uh, South Florida and the Everglades. Can you take me through the process of the stork of how it can be taken off the endangered species list? So what's going to happen right now is it's going to open up a period of public comment and expert review. And uh, a lot of ecologists and, uh, and scientists are going to... Um, insert their opinions and, and watch the bird very closely until about mid-April, and that's when we're going to have the final decision um, if the bird is taken off of the endangered species list. Once it's taken off endangered, I think it's just threatened. But Oh, and um, an important thing to note is that um, after the bird is taken off of the endangered species list, it will continue to be watched for five more years just to make sure that its, its numbers are keeping up. Who did you talk to in your story? Yeah, so I talked to uh, Peter Frederick. He's an emeritus uh, professor at, at UF, and uh, he gave me a rundown of why the wood stork is so resilient against uh, habitat loss and climate change. And one of the key things that he pointed out is that the wood stork is, is just a really, really hardy creature. I mean, it, it's it's got a really long lifespan. It misses a season and isn't able to reproduce. It can always wait until the next year. It also moves with, you know, with the droughts and, and with uh, ecological events. So it, it's really able to adapt to um, its, its environment. Uh, anything else you can tell us in your story? Yeah, so a lot of the experts that I spoke to, they raise concerns that this can sometimes be misconstrued as a, a political issue, or it could be used to garner favor amongst uh, legislatures. And um, just just for the record, they have been surveying this bird for more than you know 40 years now. So this this has been um, coming for a long time. This isn't just you know coming out of the woodwork. 
Um, so there's there's been a lot of a lot of research that went into this, a lot of expertise. I mean, um, one of the one of the folks from the U.S. Uh, Fish and Wildlife Service that I spoke to, his name is uh, a biologist for the the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Society, and um, named Billy Brooks, and he actually was a huge part of the the surveying effort for this bird and a, a huge player in, in it's getting um, its name uh, taken off of the endangered species list because he would uh, track these birds by satellite. And that's when he actually found out that over the years they were um, starting to nest farther and farther north um, until they eventually took, uh, took up home in the wetlands of uh, South Carolina Georgia and, and as far north as, as uh, North Carolina. That was WUFT's Jack Lemnis about how the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service proposed to remove wood storks from the federal list of endangered and threatened wildlife. Now let's catch you up on today's stories from around the state. More than a third of Floridians earning fifty dollars to $100,000 reported experiencing food insecurity over the past year. That's according to a survey published by No Kid Hungry. WUSF's Gabriella Paul reported that among those hit hardest, the survey found that parents and rural respondents are struggling to put food on the table. In the greater Tampa Bay region, individuals and families said they experienced food insecurity this past year, including regularly skipping meals to feed their children, choosing between bills and groceries, and sacrificing healthier foods for cheaper options at the grocery store. Gainesville continues toward utility-scale solar power after unanimous commission vote on Thursday that will bring 74.9 megawatts of solar starting in 2025. According to the Main Street Daily News of Seth Johnson, the city commission rejected two alternative options in favor of altering the terms of its existing contract with Origis Energy, keeping the project on its original timeline. The new terms also keeps a 20-year fixed energy rate for the city and allow battery storage. The solar array will also increase from the original 50 megawatts to 74.9 megawatts. For the second time in less than five months, a federal judge has rejected a lawsuit seeking to block a controversial Florida law that restricts classroom instruction on gender identity and sexual orientation. According to News Service of Florida's Jim Saunders, U.S. District Judge Alan Windsor on Wednesday issued a 21-page decision dismissing a revised lawsuit filed by students, parents, and teachers who argued the law is unconstitutional. Windsor also ruled that the plaintiffs had not, quote, alleged sufficient facts to show they had legal standing to challenge the law. Senate Democratic leader Lauren Book is sponsoring legislation to give terminally ill adult residents a way to end their lives gracefully. According to Florida Politics' Jesse Schneckner, Book filed the Death with Dignity Act, which would allow Florida residents with terminal conditions to request and receive medication to end their lives in a humane and dignified manner. Subscribe to The Point Newsletter, which drops the latest Florida stories into your inbox every weekday morning at 8 a.m. Visit WUFT.org to subscribe and view the most recent issues. I'm Elliot Trito, and you've been listening to The Point from WUFT News out of the University of Florida's College of Journalism and Communications. Have a great Friday, and enjoy your weekend.